NBA Australia, how are you going? How you going? It is NBA Australia, it is Tuesday, April 19, all day, and I'm back. That's right, I'm your host, James Clement, back in Melbourne. It's wet, it's miserable, <laughs> it's cold. Ah, perfect. Perfect NBA playoff weather as well, I'll tell you that much. Just sit around, just gorging on hoops, loving it! Anyway, we're here to tell you what's going on uh, in the NBA, in the playoffs, playoffs. Uh, that's what we do. We don't take things too seriously. We leave that for the nerds, but we're very serious about making sure you know everything that's going on, aren't we? Yes, we are, Jimmy. Well done. Uh, playoffs! On to the Game 2s, the first round of Game 2s today. Enjoyed that. We've got some belters. Marcus Smart, one defensive player of the year. It's all going on. Uh, so we're going to talk about that in the NBA Australia Game Wraps. Uh, we've got a juicy slab, but that's not a knife. Old mate, no mate, spot of the night, better than Lonzo Ball. Had some record-setting performances today. It was awesome. Uh, we've got the swat. Yeah, Nas, unpopular opinion of the day. Outback take us, where we're serving up a flame grill take. There's Australian player watch. We had a couple of the Aussies out there today. And we've got a Shane Hill, shoot a shoot, shoot your shot, light him up award. Love it. It might go to Max Shikliba. Hello. Uh, we've got the game previews and picks for tomorrow as well as the Patty Mills Inspiration Board. And we'll finish up with the brand new Jingles HR. He's back. The jingling one. Ripper. All right, let's get to it. Episode 798 of NBA Australia. Let's go. This is Joe Ingalls, and you're listening to NBA Australia. Watch out for the Shaq attack. Ah, you better, especially if you're Steph Curry. Enjoyed Shaq dunking on Steph for missing free throws. Ah, that was fun. Always fun when Shaq tries to dunk on people, especially when it comes to free throws. Always good. Ah, (laughs) let's start today's show the way we start every show here at NBA Australia with a daily whip around. Only a little bit of news out today. Uh, Obviously, no Luca today for the Mavs, but he's moving in the right direction, they reckon. So, uh, what, today is eight days since he pinged that calf in the last game of the season. Uh, but he's out there. He was doing stuff in between, what, quarters at the half. He was going absolutely ham. And it feels like they've basically they've said it's all moving in the right direction. So uh, we're going to see what happens in game three, but unreal. Game two was awesome. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, what other news? Oh, that's right. Defensive Player of the Year was announced. What? Defensive Player of the Year. It was announced. And it's Marcus Smart. Loved this. Absolutely loved it. He beat out Michael Bridges by 57 votes. Rudy Gobez, this stuff with that work, came in third. I also enjoyed that, uh, bam, bam, had a bio. It was like, uh, oh, yeah, man, look, it's just uh, just not good, man. And uh, Eric Spolster, I think, said that it's, like, disrespectful. <laughs> the bam. No, bam, actually came out and said it was disrespectful. Sorry, I had that mixed up. Uh, basically saying that he didn't even make the top three, which I think is great. I love it. I'm definitely putting on money on Miami tomorrow <laughs> to come out and demolish demolish the Hawks. Uh, but the Defensive Player of the Year, Marcus Marty, wins it, beats out Michael Bridges by 57 votes. Rudy Gobert there in third. He's the first guard since Gary Payton. The glove! He's up here in Larry Armour Studios on the wall. 
with my signed Sports Illustrated uh, cover. Love it. So he presented with the award, just a nice little moment uh, where Gary Payton just like, man, it's the first, first dab to the guard wanted since me, man. And it's like just lovely. A, I love Gary Payton. B, Marcus Smart was awesome this year. The point of the attack, the point of the attack, the captain of one of the best defenses in the NBA, just absolutely unstoppable in the second half of the year. Uh, look, in terms of the defensive player, there he was right there, and I feel like he was my tip in the end. So, checks out, good stuff. Uh, enjoyed that. So, good job, Marcus Smart. Way to go, Boston. Right, that's all the news. So, let's do some game wraps. Game wraps. That's right. The game wraps from today. Three games. Three game twos. And Philly kicked the shit out of Toronto, didn't they? 112 97. Ouch. The Raptors without Scoob. Scotty Barnes out with his uh, bung ankle. Thad Young played only eight minutes with his bung wrist. And Gary Terrence Trent Jarby Jr. Had problems with his bunghole. Uh, only played 10 minutes with his sickness and foul trouble. Poor Gary. Uh, not great. But the raps didn't matter. They came out fighting. It was awesome. They're up 11 12 out of nowhere. Uh, but Joel Embiid just quickly put a stop to that. He had 19 points in the first quarter. Fred Van Vliet, the fighting Van Vliet, had 15. But this first quarter was really chippy. Very choppy as well. Fouls everywhere. Just sort of sucked watching it. Uh, Siakam and OG both had two quick ones each, didn't they? Uh, but the six is importantly for them. Embiid sits, they go 22-11 and 11 in the minutes, their first stint without the big fella. Embiid, like non-Embiid minutes for Philly all year have been a disaster. That's why you go get James Harden. And boom, it actually finally worked. Maxi Harden, Danny Green, Tobias Harris, and basketball Paul, Paul Reed, they look good. And then once he came back, they just kicked the shit out of him. <laughs> and then they buried them in the third. Um... I really enjoyed that third quarter by the Sixers, though, because Embiid and then Maxi got cooking, and it was just, it was over. Danny Green was dunking on dudes as well, and Philly was in Raptors. The Raptors, unfortunately, look, they're just that little bit too small to contain Embiid, and when they're getting heaps out of Harden, Mac, well, Harden, look, in terms of the shooting, he only shot nine times today, but still played a pretty good game, I thought. Even though he can't really get by anybody... He's so fucking smart. Makes the right play. He's always a threat. Tobias Harris is really good. Danny Green hit a couple of threes, and away they went. They're just a bit too big, a little bit too skilled, and they just have too many ways to hurt you. And, like, Toronto should be uh, ideally situated to slow that down. You've got Pascal Siakam. You've got the OG Ananobi. You've got Fred Van 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 Vliet, the fighting Van Vliet. You would have had Scotty Barnes to sort of tie it all together. And yeah, we know that Embiid is just basically fucking gigantic. But the Raptors just can't quite contain all those extra dudes like Maxi and Harris and Harden and Embiid. Just without Scoob and without that size to slow down Embiid, they just didn't quite have a chance. Also, they just don't get to the rim at the moment. Like, Philly D was just great at just keeping them on the outside. Uh, Raptors also couldn't get a call early. But still, 12 free throws to 30. Um, but they just sort of stopped attacking the rim and... Very similar to, I think, Dallas, but uh, we'll get to them in a second. But uh, they did go 11-32 and 32 on threes. Van Vliet had 20. He had four turnovers. He shot 7 of 23. Oish! 5 of 16 from downtown. Uh, he hit none in the second and third quarters. That's pretty brutal. The OG Ananobi was bloody good. 26 points for him. He was really good. Was like the one putting up a lot of fight. He shot 10 of 14 and 4 of 7 from the floor. Ah, uh, from three. 
Siakam had 20, but he took 20 shots to get there. 7 and 20, 10 rebounds, 5 assists. Chris Bobby Boucher, he had 17 and 8. Goes 8 of 13 from the floor, and they got zip. Alice Precious Chua just got bashed. They kind of sucked. Uh, the Sixers, meanwhile, went 14 to 30 from downtown. Shot 52%. Embiid was unstoppable. 31, 19 in that first quarter. It just set the stage, really, for the rest of the Sixers to step up, and they did. 11 rebounds as well. He went to the line 14 times. Probably should have been more. He and Nick Nurse got into it. That was fun. Tyrese Maxey had 23, 9, and 8. He shot 8 of 11. God, he's a gun. 3 of 6 from downtown. Harden had 14, 6, and 6. Did have three steals and a couple of blocks, though, Harden. Shot three of nine, one of four from downtown. He had five turnovers, but still, come on. Tobias Harris, he had 20 and 10, three blocks. He was very handy. A couple of those blocks came late as well, just when Toronto were making it annoying. Tobias Harris would be, like, right there in the guts of it. Suddenly come up with the ball. Three of three from downtown, too. Danny Green went three of nine on triples. He had 11, including a wicked yam. That was sick. Nangang. George Niang, he had five. Matty T with five. Shake it a three. Boom. Philly. Up to zip, going up to Canada. Remember, without Matty T. Oh man, no, I just thought you know the benefits of getting the of getting like the vaccine would outweigh the non-benefits, like playing in the rest of the fucking playoffs, Matty. Jesus. Anyway, Dallas took care of Utah. This was a fun game. What a game! It was a ripper. One ten, one hundred four. You knew it had to be this one for Dallas. Or their series was cooked, and wow, did they make it hard on themselves. <laughs> it took a career night by Jalen Brunson and an insane, unprecedented shooting night by Max Shakleber. Hello. Like, literally, they had to hit the most threes they've ever hit in a playoff game, ever. Dallas, to get by Utah today. But they did it. And the craziest part was they kept fucking up at the end of every single quarter and letting the Jazz back into the game and get their leads back up 5-6 every time. And then Dallas finally, in the fourth quarter, went, oh, yeah, we should stop doing that, eh? And they did. And they held on. And they won. And it was awesome because it was just a really fun game. It was back and forth. Utah, you never... They're like a box of chocolates. You only never know what you're going to get. Dallas outscored them by 10 in the fourth quarter. And really just limited all the looks they got. Like, down the stretch, the Mavs just held their nerve, hit their threes. Uh, just massive ones by Max Shaklebar, uh, Jalen Brunson, Dorian Finney-Smith. And this is the problem with the Utah Yaz. It's a soft J. They've also got a soft D. Just like your mate. <laughs> Who's your mate with a soft D? Oh, bro, just have it struggles. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, but that was it. That Jazz D, the point of attack, like Conley was getting cooked. Donnie Mitchell's always getting cooked. Boyan, look, his size, he can usually hold up, and he'll make you pay on the other end, but just no one can stay in front of the ball. And, like, every time Jalen Brunson has the ball in his hand, I don't know, force him right just once, Utah. What is going on? And... They just manufactured, like, really, really good looks from three. They shot, like, in terms of all the weird tracking stats, like, the amount of open threes that they took and hit versus the ones that Utah manufactured was just... It was, like, 12 to 2. It was, like, fucking crazy. While, you know, the flip side, Jazz did have their moments with Donnie and Bojan. Donnie Mitchell, I think... 
he threatened to break it open a couple of times. And he's just like, watch out. I'm just joking. Oh, look at this. I'm going to knock in this big sick three. And then the next possession, Jason Kidd and the Dallas coaching staff be like, just don't let him do that again. And they're like, oh, okay, we shouldn't let him do that again, should we? And they'd lock him up. They put him in the hurt lock. You'd have to give up the ball. And without the Yaz sort of moving that ball around very effectively, all their offensive possessions kind of fizzled out into like, oh, one kind of look, ah, oh, dribble, dribble, oh, hoist, not nah, clang. It's pretty odd. They had only 19 assists on 38 made shots. Ugh, just, I don't know, man. <laughs> like versus 22 on 39 for the Mavs. It's only a couple of extra, but felt like they moved the ball a lot better. Uh and the Jazz, look, if you can't stay in front of anybody and then your sphincter just fucking just puckers up in the big moments, yeah, you're going to get cooked. And that's what happened to Dallas and Utah today. Like, Dallas cooked them. Like, they cooked the Defensive Player of the Year, Rudy Gobert, with a backup point guard and a backup center. Like, sort of tells you a lot about this Jazz team. I love the Dallas hustle late, though, because they really just locked in in that fourth quarter. Like, gang rebounding, making Gobert just exert so much fucking effort that it sort of took him out of the game. And, like, defensively, he's just like, oh, God, doing this all by myself. It's 100% like the Nelson Muntz. Oh, fuck it. I'll just throw the ball to my... I'll just run it myself. And Rudy Gobert uh, can't do it on offense. So, defensively, if he's getting cooked on the boards, being pushed around by three Mavs at every fucking opportunity because they're all a foot shorter than him, but they're just sort of like all jumping at once and getting fingers and tapping balls out. Gobert just like, he still ended up with like 17 rebounds or whatever, but fuck, man, it felt like he was working hard in their fourth quarter. So good job by the Mavs. Donnie Mitchell ends up with 34 and 5. Shot 13 of 30, though. Yeesh, 3 of 10 from downtown, 5 of 5 at the free throw line. Spencer Dinwiddie, Reggie, Randy Bullock did pretty good jobs defensively, sort of on that perimeter, slowing down the. Uh, Yaz dudes. Like, Bojan had 25-5. and five. He shot 9-15. of 15. Reggie Bullock always seems like a step slow. It's like he's not realizing when Bojan's going to shoot it, even though it looks like you can see it coming a fucking mile away. Anyway, 1-4 from downtown was the difference, though, for Bojan. And, like, if he and Donnie Mitchell aren't really just knocking in a pretty hefty amount, it's a bit of a tough one. Royce O'Neal is hitting these massive moon shots. He goes 4-6 of six from downtown for his 12 points, but... Just very little else. Ruth the Gobert has 8 points, 17 rebounds, a couple of blocks, but four turnovers. Yeesh. Mike Conley had zero points. He's going to pop up again later. Three assists. Just, ugh. Ugh. Jordan Jeremy Clarkson goes 8 of 11, 3 of 4 from downtown. 21 points, five fouls, and uh, a crucial charge that seemed to fire up Brunson because he then hit back-to-back threes and got the lead back for the Mavs right after, which was massive. So the Mavs, they go, what, 47% from the floor. 22 made threes on 47 attempts. Absolutely massive. That's 46%. I'm no statistician, but I can read. Uh, and, yeah, f- only 13 free throws to the 20 of the Yaz. But, and Spencer Dinwiddie probably had a uh, case for a lot of these yells that he was doing at the refs. But he didn't get kicked out. Didn't get kicked out, so good on him. Jalen Brunson had 41. 41! He dominated. Every time they needed a bucket, he stepped up or he found the right dude. 41 points, 8 rebounds, and 5 assists. He was absolutely unreal. 15 to 25 from the floor, 6 to 10 from downtown. Mark Shikleba, hello! 25 points. 25 for Maxi. His career high is 26. He went 8 of 11, all from downtown. Also had 3 assists and 6 rebounds. He was awesome. 17, 4, and 6 for uh, Spitzel. Didn't he? He shot 6 of 18, 1 of 6 from 3. 
did not get a call all game. And it's like one of those things where you're like, oh, I just kind of think that uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, with all his NFT talk, with all his talk about, oh, can I get paid a Bitcoin, bro? The refs are just like, I, even we're fucking sick of this guy. Uh, 11 4 and 4 for Sniper Alert. Reggie Randy Bullock, he went 3 of 5 from downtown. And my favorite, my absolute favorite, Dorian Finney Smith. He hit a massive three late that was basically the capper. Uh, he ends up with nine points, works his ass off all game, goes three and nine from downtown. But three eleven overall, one all as we go back to Utah. Love it, absolutely love it. Good win by the Mavs. Huge win without Luca. And lastly, Golden State smashed Denver, 126-106. They turned around a 12-point deficit from early on with four minutes to go in the second quarter with the uh, PTSD lineup. That's the little death lineup, the new death lineup, the PTSD lineup. Paul, Thompson, Steph, and Draymond. PTSD. Boom. Done. Easy. Did you see them try? Oh, we'll call it the 3G lineup. No. That's fucking dumb. It's the PTSD lineup. Paul, Thompson, Steph, and Draymond. Easy. Done. Anyway, Curry was hitting insane shit. Paul was getting going. It's so hard to cover both of them and Clay if they're feeling it even a little bit. And in the second quarter, that you saw it. Like They ripped off a 28-6 run to close out uh, the quarter, and it just took the game away from Denver. Like 21 from Clay, Paul, and uh, Curry combined. End up up six going into halftime after being down 12 already. They're fucking electric. And the Nuggets are obviously missing, obviously, Jam and Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr. Look, MPJ is not going to, like, wow anybody with his defense. But before he was hurt, he was at least holding his own. And he's fucking big and rangy. And him and Air Gordon, Aaron Air Gordon, and uh, your man Jam and Jamal Murray, got it to make a difference. It really would. Instead, they've got, you know, either El Jefe Green or Jamichael Green out there at times. And they're just getting fucking roasted alive. Monty Morris is a good backup, but if you're starting him against Steph Curry, who's coming off the bench, let alone Poole and Clay, oh, it's brutal. So, And then, boom, in the third quarter, we had Will the Thrill Barton and Boogie wanting to punch on. Just taking their uh, taking their basic, what, lead from the Miami Heat. Love that. But Mike Malone is no Eric Spolstrom. Uh, and the Warriors are up 20. So, yeah. <laughs> the Nugs were down 10. The punch-on nearly happens during the timeout, and uh, it only got worse for the war- uh, for the Nugs. Like, that's crazy. Pool at 13 in the third. Curry had 10. Clay hit back-to-back threes. They got everyone hyped as fucked. Uh, hype as fuck, rather. Uh, Curry had a four-point play. It was just over. Like, Curry put the boot in. That was all she wrote. Joker gets kicked out in the fourth quarter. Uh, still down 20. <laughs> it's like, we're playing half a quarter. How are we still down 20? It's like, yeah, because... The Warriors had an answer every time. If it wasn't Clay, it was Poole. If it wasn't Poole, it was Curry. Draymond, like, just driving, throwing in crazy, awesome, like, acrobatic, weird, fucky layups. And this is the thing. Golden State are only going to get better as they get more and more used to playing with each other and more and more healthy. And I'll tell you what, Steph coming off the bench has been awesome because they're limiting these minutes and he's just getting up to speed and there's no one on this Nuggets team who can even come close to keeping a fucking, like, half a tab on him. So you'd think they'd just go, fuck it, Bones Highland, your job is just to stop him, but not quite there. The Nuggets supporting cast just isn't good enough uh, without Jam and Jamal and MPJ, but they've just been fucking disastrous these first two games. So 
There you go. Joker, 26-11-4, gets booted in the fourth. Again, he goes 0-4 from downtown and 8 of 8 from the free throw line. He probably had a case for a few more. He did uh, end up a minus 26. <laughs> he had 26 points, but he was a minus 26. He may as well just not have played. Uh, Will the Thrill Barton, 5 of 15 shooting. Oof, 2 of 4 from downtown, 12 rebounds. Sorry, 12 points, 10 rebounds, 3 turnovers, and 1 fight with a teammate. And, yeah, props to TNT for just never showing us, like, the aftermath of that fight at all ever again. We're going to lose our minds about fucking Spolster and Jimmy Butler, but, like, Boogie and Bo- uh, Boogie and Will going at it, and we're just like, oh, yeah, it seems to be, yeah, they're just a bit, a bit of argy-party. All right, cool. Uh, Air Gordon was horrible. Seven points, 3-9 shooting. Draymond's basically daring him to shoot already. It's game two. And Draymond's like, no, be my guest, Aaron. <laughs> Monty Morris had 12-4-3 in 25 minutes. Al Jefe, 18 minutes, he went 1-7. of seven. Bones, Brun, Boogie, the three Bs, the numbers are all right, but the impact was negligible after uh, they were basically already dead. Stop, stop, he's already dead. The Warriors, meanwhile, the splash triplets go 13-28 of 28 from three, and they go 17-40 of 40 overall, so that's 3-12 by everybody else. Amazing. Steph off the bench, 34 points in 23 minutes, goes 12-17. of 17. 5 of 10 from downtown, and he missed two free throws. Incredible. Four assists, three rebounds. Poole goes 10 of 16. 5 of 10 from downtown as well. 29 and 8. He was awesome. 21 for Clay. And the Jordan Poole thing's like legit. He's like getting good shots, and he's fucking hitting him at a rate that's just ridiculous. I mean, he went fucking 10 of 16. Unreal. Clay, 3 of 8 from downtown. Draymond with the 6 or 6. But one of those games where you watch uh, Draymond play, and you're like, oh, yeah, Joker should be tallying him, but uh, they're just not. They're scamming him out. It's unreal. Wait, it was Al Jefe Green start, and he only went one of three. Jermichael Green went one of seven. What else to talk about? I got my greens mixed up. Anyway, uh, Draymond does end up with three steals and a block. He was a plus 20. He crushed it. Love to see it. Uh, Maple Jordan, 13, 8, and 2 for Andrew Wiggins. Two or three from downtown. Belly Bleacher with 10. Whatever. Golden State lead two zip. And uh, the Nuggets do not look good. Anyway, so let's do an NBA Australia approved performance of the night. <laughs> That's not that nice. That's a nice. Steph Curry gets an honourable mention. 12 of 17 from the floor. That's unbelievable. That's the highest field goal percentage of his playoff career. And he did it in 24 minutes. That is ridiculous. Actually, it's the first time in his career he scored over 30 in fewer than 25 minutes. And that's regular season and playoffs. It was awesome. He's played less than uh, 25 minutes, 48 times. The most points he's ever scored. 34 points in 23 minutes. 12 of 17. 5 of 10 from downtown. 4 assists, 3 rebounds, and a steal and a block. What a game. But come on. It's got to go to Max Shakleba and Jalen fucking Branson. Hello, we are the Mavericks, yes. Seriously, you got a backup center and a backup point guard cooking the Utah Yaz you love to see it. Brunson with the 41 career-high points, eight rebounds and five assists. The way he does it, the dribble, 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 oh, you don't know where I'm going. Pull up, bang, in your fucking gob. How do you like that? Six of 10 from downtown, 15 at 25, he shot. He just got to his spots time and time again. It was almost daring the Jazz defenders to try to uh, have a crack at him. And he just punished them. Over and over and over. The threes were just fucking magical. As mentioned, the ones after he copped the massive, massive charge from Jordan Jeremy Clarkson 
uh, like lit a fire on his ass even more, and he's like, fuck these guys, <laughs> let's get them. And they weren't bang. And Maxi Cleaver, 8 of 11, all from downtown, 25 points. What a performance. Without Luca, without their leader, without their best player, they managed to pull off a big, big series tying win at home. They needed to do it, and Jalen Brunson went and did the damn thing. And Maxi Cleaver hit eight threes. Fucking hell. Spot of the night. Spud, 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 Johnny! He had one steal as well, though. Uh, and Davis Bertans, hello! The Davis Bertans Memorial Spud of the Night Award. Uh, 13 minutes of cardio for the big Latvian. And uh, 13 minutes, 0 of 1 from the floor, 1 rebound, 1 assist, 3 fouls, and a minus 12 in 13 minutes. In a game, they won by 6. <laughs> that is just some incredibly impressive spudding by Davis Bertans and his stupid Amish beard. But Mike Conley. Yeesh! 0 of 7 from the floor by Mike Conley. 0 of 3 from downtown. Zero free throws. So if you're counting along at home, if you don't score any shots from the floor or from 3 or from the free throw line, how many points will you have? Oh, is it Jibby? 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 Is it? Is it? Uh, hands up, uh, is it zero? Yes, you're right. Zero points, four rebounds, three assists, four fouls, and a minus seven. Oish! Uh, look, Conley, it's a, pretty easy to sort of look at one of those games and go, oh, man, Conley just fucking stunk. It's also one of those things, he played 22 minutes, he had four fouls, and like it's going to limit him, obviously, but at the same time, we're now talking about a 35-year-old point guard who's uh, got a you know, fair amount of injury history, but a fair amount of miles on him as well, playing a pretty brutal style. And uh, it's just a bit tough to watch sometimes. I still love me some Mike Conley. I think there's still at least like a chance that he can uh, bounce back. I mean, he's fucking good. There's always a chance he can bounce back. He's had a very up and down year. He had a good end of the season, but I'll tell you what, that was a fucking brutal one. So Mike Conley today, 0 of 7 from the floor, 0 of 3 from downtown. Absolute brutality. Zero points, four rebounds, three assists to steal, four fouls, zero turnovers, and a minus seven in a game. They lose by six. Mike Conley is the spud of the night. Who's old mate, no mates? Old mate, no mates. Old mate, no mates. Old mate, no mates. Who's got no mates today? Oh, Boogie. 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 Absolutely love Boogie. But uh, I enjoy George Carl a lot as well. Because he just seems like an ornery old bastard. He's got no time for your shit sometimes. And just fucking hates Boogie. <laughs> no, George Carl obviously coached my beloved Seattle Supersonics. Uh, Boogie told Mark Spears, uh, what did Sacramento do for me besides say my name on draft day? I did more for them than they did for me. That's just being honest, just being 100% honest. I had two owners, three GMs, seven coaches in seven years. I was there seven years. And George Carl just sort of goes, oh, yeah, they paid you approximately 50 million bucks and gave you the opportunity to play professional basketball for a living. Chin scratch emoji, embarrassed look emoji. <laughs> I love it. But then, of course, he literally got into a fight on the sideline with his teammate, Will the Thrill Barton. Now, I'm assuming Will the Thrill Barton is probably one of the most... Mm, 
He's either going to be one of the most annoying dudes that you know in your life, but also one of the best. Everyone's like, oh, fuck it. He's a bit of a wild card, but geez, he's got a heart of gold, that will. Or he's just like straight up one of the best dudes you'll ever know. And Boogie and he getting into it? Boogie, that is a tough look, mate. That is a tough look. And I'm always going to stand up. I love a bit of Boogie. Love my players to have a bit of personality. But, uh, yeah, getting into it with Willow through a Barton, not ideal. And uh, well done, George Carl, dunking on him as well. Speaking of dunking, pantsing of the night. I mean, Danny Green. He put it on Siakam's scone, uh, just wrecked him. Like, seriously, like, if Danny Green is dunking during your game, uh, Raptors, you'll be cooked, bro, I reckon. That's a bit of a pantsing. Uh, but my favourite was uh, Gary Payton the second, a.k.a. the Mitten. He butt-slapped Joker, who then was like, oh, what are you doing? Slap my bum. Oh, fucking smasher, little bloke. And then Steph Curry's like, all right, Joker, just settle the fuck down. Have a laugh, mate. And he's like, no, you touched my bum. <laughs> it's like Joker. <laughs> Come on, mate. You can have a laugh. It's all right. It's a playoff series. No time for laugh. Okay. Uh, and my favorite, favorite, favoritist was the self-panting by Rudy Gobez. This stuff what that were. Yeah, we better pay Max money. Because he's trying to post up Max Shikleber. Hello. Uh, backing him down. Backing him down. Backing him down. <sighs> backing him down. Backing. Oh, he's dribbled off his foot and out of bounds. <laughs> Turnover. Thanks for coming, Rudy. Jeez, that's a self-panting for the ages. Who was better than Lonzo Ball? Lonzo was the best player in high school. He was the best player in college. You think he'll get to the pros and be like, I made it to the pros, now I can be average. He's coming for everybody. Coming for everybody. Uh, how about Jordan Poole in his first two NBA playoff games just dropping a lazy 30 points and then a lazy 29 points back-to-back? Oh, Jimmy, that's not bad, eh? Yeah, not bad for the 28th pick in the, uh, what, 2019 draft. Love it. And, of course, so, I mean, he's only shooting just, what, 19 of 29 from the floor and 10 of 17 from three in these first two games. Eight assists today. Not bloody bad. Two steals and a block. Unbelievable. And uh, Tyrese Maxey. Now, there is a bloke who is out there just going, oh, that's pretty neat that you've you've seen a bloke with uh, that name, uh, Lonzo. But guess what? I'm better than him because all I'm doing is out here crushing it. I kind of skipped over him early because I wanted to give him some shine here. Obviously, he had the 38 in game one. Absolutely fucking immense. But today, 23, 9 and 8 with a block and a steal. Shot 8 of 11 in his 41 minutes and absolutely lit up the Raptors. 3 or 6 from downtown as well. I just fucking love his poise. So that's a 21st pick in the 2020 draft. Tell you what, he and Jordan Poole, unstoppable. And both better than Lonzo Ball. Right, let's do some ENRs right after this. This is Cam Glidden. This is Anthony Drimmick. This is Mitch McCarran. This is Jason Kiddie. This is Daryl McDonald. Hey guys, this is Hugh Greenwood. Yo, what's going on? This is Ellie. This is Mark Worthington, or commonly known as Wertho, and you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And 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 you're listening to NBA Australia. Let's do some yeah, nahs. They're brought to you by the NBA Australia shop. Go get your merch. Get your merch. Get your merch. Get your merch. Wear it. Get your merch. Get your merch. Get your merch. Get your merch. And you can do that over on the NBA Australia socials or just at nbaaustralia.com slash shop. Go have a look. T-shirts, hoodies, 
get right around it. Right, let's do some ENRs. Number one, uh, is that why we can never trust this Utah team, Jimmy? Yeah, nah, uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, but like this is the thing. We don't trust Utah because they have games like this. It's like the other team don't have their best player. Utah, are you good? Oh, I think we are. Then fucking prove it. Oh, okay. And then they fall apart. Uh, the thing is, like, it's not simply their offense falling apart in the worst possible times, but that perimeter defense just sort of collapsing and getting worked over once Dallas sort of started figuring it out and started taking the shots they wanted to take and hitting them. Like, that was it. It was all she wrote. And now, like, you look at that the way that Dallas played, and I kind of hit on this in wrapping game one of this in uh, yesterday's show from uh, Sunday's first game one, that it went similarly in game one, right? Like, it's just Dallas couldn't quite get to the spots they wanted to get to. And without Luca there to sort of make it a little bit easier, uh as soon as Spencer and Jalen Brunson couldn't hit their shots, they're in, they're up shit creek, and boom, off you go today with Jalen Brunson. You get a big helping of Max Shakir, but hello, and they fucking smoked him. It's that defense of the Jazz where you just look at it and go, "All right, who is that going to stop if they eat? Like, say they get past Dallas, like they're just going to get fucking obliterated by the Suns in uh, the second round, aren't they?" Yeesh. Uh, is the Conley piece the underrated worst aspect of the Utah uh, experience? Yeah, nah. Nah, look, he's close because he's there to be the point man in front of Rudy. He helped make up for uh, Donnie Mitchell's sort of lack of uh, defensive nows, but he got cooked a couple of times today. And when they needed a big bucket from him in this game too, just clank, 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 clank. So it's more that Mike Conley probably had a really bad game, but the problem is... He's also 34 and can't really stay in front of like a sort of water bug sort of point guard like Jalen Brunson and just sort of hurt them. So that combination of Donnie Mitchell, Mike Conley, Royce O'Neal, Bojan, like you've got three sort of subpar defenders right there as well as Rudy and Royce and that's just going to hurt you. So if Conley's out there not like really, really, really making the Dallas you know, guards work really, really hard. It's going to fuck them. But I, th- I think it's more the uh, other pieces on Dallas, how they don't really have just a big sort of wing defender who can lock you down and fuck shit up. It's one of those weird things where it's like, yeah, Jingles was a really big part of this jazz team for a long time for that specific reason. Just the basketball IQ and being in the right spot and organizing defenses and shit like that. It's like, all right, well, and we all know that Rudy Gay is not going to be doing that job. Because, I mean, whoa. He's out at the moment. He's just not playing. Like Nick Alexander, not not playing. Daniel House Jr. might be their best opportunity there just to throw him out there. Maybe start him in place of Conley and away you go. But, whew. Anyway. Uh, are Utah still a chance? Yeah, nah. Yes. I mean, they've got a road split in the first two games. On the road. They're laughing. They got what they needed. The Jazz could easily still win this fucking goddamn series. I'm just trying to think of, like, long-term. Like, is anybody afraid of this Jazz team? No. Nah. But they could still very easily get past Dallas. I'm still, I'm a bit worried, though, if, like, Luka comes back. Like, holy shit. How are Utah going to combat that? Yeesh. Anyway. Uh, Spring Witch, can the Raps get back in this series? Yeah, nah, yeah, same vibe. Until the Raptors lose at home, I'm not burying them at all. Like, Utah got a win on the road. Uh, but the Raptors, like, the problem is, look, those two losses have been very convincing. 
Uh, there's no obvious easy fix for it. Joel Embiid is a foot bigger than all of us and also really fucking good too. Like, there's no fix for that. Beyond, throw as many bodies at him as you possibly can, like they did in game one and game two. They're triple teaming him at times. He's making, you know, really good plays. He was still fucking incredible today. Did a lot of whining about the free throws, but that's all right. And the thing is, like, the Raptors just on D just can't slow down Maxi and Harden. I love the change of pace that Maxi gives him from Harden, too. Because Maxi's just sort of probing and pushing all the fucking time. Harden's just like, hey, man, so where are we going to go after this? Oh, fuck, I've got the ball, man. Yeah. Uh, I'll pass this over to Tobias. <laughs> uh, but the Raptors can definitely get back in this series. But the problem is, like, without Scoob to tie it all together, without Gary Terrence Trent Darby Jr. at the absolute best of his game, and without sort of that one big body you can throw at Embiid, it just makes it a bit tough. Yeah, being down 0-2, look, I could easily see them winning game three, though. Like, the sixes are always a chance to fuck it up, you know? <laughs> Give them a chance to fumble the bag, and Doc Rivers will do it in a heartbeat. Just saying. Uh, the, nugget, the Nuggets are cooked, though, aren't they, Jimmy? Yeah, nah, yeah, they, they are. It's just, it just shines a light. This is the playoffs, right? The playoffs, playoffs. Obviously, it's the playoffs. It just really, on a game-by-game basis, in the regular season, you can get away with joker plus half-decent players. In the playoffs, you can't quite get away with joker plus half-decent players who aren't playing very well because they're playing a fucking locked-in opposition who are all finally healthy and just, like, enjoying playing together on a big stage again in front of an like in front of a home crowd who are just absolutely fucking ganting on it for a bit of uh, playoff basketball again because they've just dealt with injuries the last few years. And so that combination has just completely fucking cooked the Nuggets. But that said, unpopular opinion of the day... I think it's okay the Nuggets are cooked. And people are going to go, oh, well, how could you give Joker the MVP then? Because he was the fucking most valuable player in the regular season for a team that basically lost, what, two more games than the other competitors for the MVP? Three more games. So Giannis and Embiid both won 51 games. The Nuggets end up 48 wins in the West without their two next best players. But that's the thing. You can do that in the regular season. I'm fine that Joker's probably winning MVP and they still might get swept because this Nuggets roster has been out there without their two next best players all season and he carried them to 48 fucking wins. That's what a valuable player does. The problem is, with the rest of this roster, Joker could be putting up fucking 40, 18, and 8. And I don't know if they'd still be winning against Golden State, you know what I'm saying? They might sneak out one... In Denver, with the altitude, the Warriors might sort of just come up a little bit short, have a bad shooting night, Nuggets steal one. But just the rest of this, uh, and obviously role players play better at home, we all know that. But the Nuggets role players just aren't quite good enough either. Like, Air Gordon, every time like the stage gets big, he's just like, nah, I'm out. <laughs> Fuck this. Serious. I mean, you know, they made a Western Conference Finals. Good on them. That's awesome. And... Otherwise, though, this was the year from fucking hell. Like, I think we can sort of just slot this one away and go, yeah, no stress. And, like, Nuggets fans 
Uh, I don't think they can beat them. They shouldn't be beating themselves up, up about this either because, you know, they're pretty bloody fun. They're pretty good. If they get Jamal back, they get MPJ back, they're laughing. I think. Because Joker is fucking awesome. So, anyway. Uh, they didn't make, Yeah, they made the conference finals, didn't they? In the bubble. They lost to the Lakers. Anyway. All right. Our back take house. It's Tuesday at Outback. You know what that means? Oh, God. Probably the worst day of the week for me. Jumping on seek.com.au to fill these bloody kitchens because today's special, I don't know what it is. We just need a better cage, I reckon, because they keep getting loose and killing four to five staff. But guess what? The world's most deadliest bird is fucking delicious as your Aussie Tizer special today. Only at Outback, it's cassowary casserole. And today's flame grill take is when the Suns and Warriors meet in the Western Conference Finals, the NBA title will be decided right there and then. Only at Outback. Uh, that's pretty flame grilled because the Warriors have won two games against a very, very hampered Nuggets team. Uh, I feel like the flame grill take is the Warriors won't get out of the second round. Ooh, watch out. But at the same time, you th- <laughs> that's a lot of same times. I'm thinking about the Warriors, and if they so say they steamroll the Nuggets, uh, they've had a chance to get a bit healthy. Memphis versus the Warriors in the second round would be fucking immense. Because I've told this story about a million times before, right? Like 2015, we go to that game four in Memphis where the Warriors uh, were down 2-1. The Grizzlies fans are absolutely fucking losing their minds. Draymond takes Steph out on Beale Street the night before, gets him shit-faced. Says, don't worry, man, you just got to relax. And then Steph went fucking ballistic and off they went. And they win their first title. Uh, but I would love to see the flip side sort of reverse, like grit and grind with the uh, old heady veterans. Now the Warriors the old heady veterans and the Grizzlies are the young bucks. That'd be awesome. At the same time, the Grizzlies still have to beat the uh, fucking Wolves to do that. So that'd be fun as shit. Anyway, Suns Warriors. You'd pay to see that though, wouldn't you? Whew. Yeah. Anyway, all right, Australian Play Watch, right after this one. This is Shane Hill, and you're listening to NBA Australia. All right, Australian Player Watch. Uh, remember, I don't know if there's still some tickets to Chris Anstey's uh, Josh Giddy Q&A sessions, etc., but uh, Sydney, I think, Still for Thursday this week. Uh, if you can, go check it out. Check out Chris Anstey's social media posts, etc. Uh, and I think there's one announced for the Gold Coast, so go check that out. I'll be at the uh, Melbourne one tomorrow night, Wednesday. It's going to be awesome. Cannot wait. Uh, so if you see a, a ginger idiot with a big beard, that's me. Assumedly. <laughs> check first. Hey, Jimmy, you dickhead. My name is Gary. <laughs> Fuck you, Gary. Aussie Matty T in the win over Toronto. He played 10 minutes off the bench. Uh, he obviously won't play in games three and four because they're in Canada. Uh, five points. He went two of three from the floor, went one or two from downtown. One of them was a beauty. Just an absolute, just fucking swish bomb of a three from the corner uh, that really was just one of those kick in the guts moments for the Raptors in front of the Raptors bench. It's like, yeah, you guys aren't winning this. Matty T's just made a three. Fuck off. Uh, so five points, one assist, and three blocks. That's right. The NBA's leader. In uh, all guards for blocks this season, 
at three today. Unbelievable. Uh, Josh Green in the win over Utah played six minutes. Wasn't shy about getting his shots up. Unfortunately, as soon as Josh missed that first three, I'm like, oh, God, that's a tough one Um, because it was pretty fucking open and he just overshot it pretty badly. Ends up going one of five from the floor. Oh, of two from downtown. Two points, one assist for who's Josh Green. But still, uh, pretty handy defense. Always sort of just feeling those transition lanes. Uh, but would have loved to have seen him hit one or two of those threes. Right. All that in mind, let's do a Shane Hill shoot a shoot, shoot a shot. Light them the fuck up award. He threw it down. Are you healed? Are you healed? Praise the Lord, I'm healed. Praise the Lord for I'm healed. It is the Shane Hill shoot a shoot. Shoot your shot, light him up award. All right, uh, we've got two winners of the Shane Hill Memorial Shooter Shoot, Shoot Your Shot, Light Him Up Award. Uh, Danny Green moved up to 11th in the all-time playoff three-pointers made list today. 286 he's made, and then you're like, oh, yeah. All Danny Green does is kick ass, take names, win NBA titles, and shoot threes. <laughs> And today there was no title to win. He kicked some ass and made some threes. 286. He's 11th all time. That is awesome. Uh, but, of course, this has got a Maxi Kleber. Absolutely smashed it. The second most Mavs threes in a playoff game ever. And uh, my favorite thing is one of my all-time favorite Mavs, Jason Terry. Jet Terry. I actually own a Jet Terry uh, Mavs jersey somewhere. It's one of those ones where you just lose them and you're like, where the fuck is that? You move overseas... Uh, you move back, shit goes into storage, comes out. You got those vacuum pack bags. I've got a Jet Terry jersey somewhere. Should dig it out. Anyway, because um, I bought that when we were in Dallas for the 2010 NBA All-Star game because it was just such an influx of like basketball fans. Or you, could, you couldn't buy it. Well, I didn't want to buy a Dirk jersey uh, because A, everybody has a Dirk jersey. And the other only other ones you could really buy were JJ Barea. I'm like, fuck that. A bit on the nose. <laughs> pasty white guy. Wearing the other pasty white guy jersey for Dallas. I'm going to get myself a Jet Terry jersey. I fucking love Jet Terry. Loved him on Atlanta. Loved him on fucking Dallas. Anyway, uh, so clear bit today. The craziest part is how absolutely fucking out of form he was from downtown. So in the 17 games after All-Star, Max Clearbart went 12 of 64 from three. 12 of 64. That is absolutely unbelievable. And he became the first player in NBA playoff history to hit eight threes in a game without even trying to hit a two. He goes eight of 11. Absolutely amazing. So that's the second most points ever. I think he had 26 against Orlando back in 2020. Uh, So boom. Jet Terry hit nine of 10 from downtown against the Lakers back in 2011. And uh, as they smashed the Lakers in the year that they won the uh, title. But Maxi. Absolutely fucking awesome. 25 points, 6 rebounds, 8 of 11, all from 3. First player in NBA play for history to hit 8 threes in a game without even trying it to. Maxi, absolutely fucking awesome. It's also more than uh, Dirk ever hit in a playoff game, obviously, so that's fucking sweet. Right, Patty Mills game day ball again, man. Twitter check in. Uh, this is a game. Basically, you should be all over the Patty uh, facey at the moment because he's doing an absolute crap ton with the Indigenous Basketball Association and the tournament they ran over um, Easter, which is absolutely fucking awesome. So the Indigenous Basketball Australia tournament, he, he's basically out there saying that Maya Moki from Queensland South and Lachlan McGlade from Western Australia 
absolutely crushed it there. The NIBT Finals MVPs for outstanding performances in the gold medal game. Absolutely awesome. He's got updates from all of them. He's got the All-Star Fives, the Outstanding Referee Awards for Tamania Jones and Anthony Milne. Just awesome. So great stuff. Go check it out. Paddy has done an amazing job in the Indigenous Basketball Association uh, and his support for it. And just the sheer level of professionalism behind it is fucking inspiring as shit. So the Paddy Mills Game Day, Ball Game Day, Twitter check and inspiration board. Inspiring as always. Absolutely love it. Right. Game previews for tomorrow, though. Game previews. Game previews. Thanks to Navert and Bane. Not a problem, Jimmy. How was the break down the beach? Oh, it was great. It's been raining for like the last 48 hours. <laughs> but otherwise, had a great time. The squid enjoyed himself. First time he's real, well, you know, he's gotten used to the sea. Now he just fucking loves it. So, um, I've talked about him on the uh, on the show before about how he just goes absolutely apeshit for the octonauts, and he can like name every sea creature under the sun. Like this is what kids do. It's awesome. I used to do it with dinosaurs and shit. He does the same thing with dinosaurs, but sea creatures are his fucking thing. And uh, yeah, now he's just like, all we do is just go around rock pools trying to find shit. It's fucking cool. Kids, man, they're fun as shit up, aren't they, sometimes? Anyway, uh, also drank a shit ton of booze. <laughs> what a weekend. Good job, Easter. Hooray for zombie Jesus. Uh, three of three today on the picks. We're back, baby! After a horrible one of eight start to the playoffs, we're back to four of 11 so far going three of three today. So it's one of those hilarious ones where last year, I think we went one of six on the play-ins and then we smashed the playoffs. And... Uh, yeah, last year we went in the playoffs 51 of 84, which is unreal. We st- started, I think it was like 1 of 6 in the play-ins. This year we go 4 of 6 in the play-ins and we start 1 of 8 in the playoffs. But it's all right, 3 of 3 today, feeling good, feeling great, got the iron. Uh, tomorrow, though, three games. Miami hosting Atlanta. And I don't know, how do you feel about this Atlanta team? Because... I think Bam has now got a bit of a fire lit under his ass about the Defensive Player of the Year stuff. Miami at home again. They are collaborating Trey Young every time they get a chance. I think Miami drop him again. I'm going Miami minus 7.5. I think, like, Duncan Robinson shot out of his fucking mind in Game 1. And Atlanta are a bit gassed playing less than 48 hours after the uh, 8 seed playing game. But at the same time, Miami... Just have all the shooters. They can make Atlanta pay. Bogdan and Trey won't play as badly as they did, but I still think Miami hold on and win. Uh, so give me the minus 7.5 for Miami at home. Just the sheer physicality of that team might fuck up Atlanta, and I think I'll take Miami. Minnesota. They go to Memphis for their game too. This game's at uh, 10.30 in the morning, Eastern time. Uh, 9.30 start for Atlanta-Miami. Minnesota-Memphis. I think Memphis win this. I think Minnesota cover the plus seven and a half. I think Memphis win it by about six. I think they get a big bounce back game, a big bounce back win. Minnesota, this is one of those tricky ones. Like we're trying to figure out if this is the calling card of a, we're a seven seed and we're actually maybe just as good, if not better than this two seed. And Memphis might be the young two seed going, shit, what do we do? Fuck. But I think Memphis can hold their own and win this one. But I think Minnesota just cover either losing by six or seven. But the seven and a half, getting the seven and a half, from what we saw in game one with Ant-Man, with Carl anthony Towns, Memphis going to have to make the bigger changes, I think, especially on defense, and they will. But I think Minnesota will just do enough to cover the seven and a half. 
And then the last game, we've got New Orleans going to Phoenix for game two. This one's at noon. Phoenix are nine and a half point favorites, and I think you have to go with Phoenix again. Uh, they won by 11 last game. Should have been more. I think Phoenix will uh, not even sort of flinch and smash them in game two. The Pelicans are good, but Phoenix are way better. Yeah, it's a tough one, but that's how it's going to go. I think Booker has a big, 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 big game because the Pelicans are like, ah, right, so we better try to slow down CP3, but whatever. Either way, we'll wrap all that up for you tomorrow on Wednesday's show. Should be fun. Uh, I'm going to do that show a little bit earlier because I'm going to get the fuck out of the house, get the show up, and then get down to the uh, Anstey Giddy thing. So either way, back tomorrow. Make sure you're following NBA Australia on Twitter, Face the IGs, or all over the socials. Go check out the uh, big rap I did for pickandroll.com.au about all the uh, regular season stuff for the Aussies. Enjoyed writing that. That was lots of fun. And also pickandroll.com.au is the best spot in Australia for hoops coverage. Uh, check out NFL Australia with myself and Gaz. We should have a uh, NFL draft post sort of show coming up pretty soon, so uh, keep your eyes out for that. Adam with World Wrestling Australia. Check that out on YouTube or follow FWCIE on Twitter. Get around NBAstraya.com slash shop or just click on any of the images on your old social medias. Boom. Check it out. Get your merch. Get your merch. Check us a rating review on your podcast app. And uh, come on, I don't have a marketing budget. I'm not a former NBA player like Bogey. Jesus. Just out here, Scrappy. Doing it by myself, bruh. Anyway, knowable. Download that from the App Store. Bang in the code Australia. You'll get 20% off. And big thanks always go to From Oslo for the intro and outro song. But big thanks always go to Joshua De Laurentiis. Fascinator, Goldmines, Ramshackle Army, Iowa, Sex Jedi, Green Green Green, and Dozers. For the tunes you hear throughout the show, smash them all on Bandcamp, Triple J and Earth, Facey, Apple Music, Spotify. However you listen to your bands, follow them, support them. NBA Australia supports Australian bands, so should you. And off we go. All right, we'll close out today's show with a quick Jingles HR, and we will catch you tomorrow, you dickheads. This is NBA Australia saying, look after yourselves, would ya? And... G'day, Joe Ingalls here, head of Jingles HR, the world's leading HR solutions firm. Because, yep, when I'm not sinking threes, rehabbing my knee, planting a tree, sipping some coffee, or enjoying my real estate and pool, George's head, we just put in a pool, I'm the world's leading HR expert, helping you with all your HR questions and problems. So, let's get to this week's question, shall we? It comes from Greg in San Antonio. Joseph. That's a bit abrupt, isn't it? Jeez. Anyway, I'm a bit old and I'm a bit over it. I've achieved all I wanted to in my career, so I'm thinking about retiring. Any advice? Yours, Greg with a double G? Sure. San Antonio. Oh, geez. Thanks for writing in, Greg. Uh, yeah. Nah. Nah, mate. I reckon that's that's just fantastic. Like, congrats. As a HR professional, I think that if you've achieved all you want from your career in your work role and in your work life, then you've leveled up to gold status and you should happily go into retirement. I mean, with one caveat, of course, like give your place of employment plenty of notice as to when you want to leave and 
take some time to write up a big list of your day-to-day duties. You can never forget that. That's invaluable stuff to HR. Uh, But you can also help in the process of hiring your replacement, trying to impart as much of your institutional knowledge as you can, show them the ropes, introduce them around the office, all that sort of stuff. But look, other than that, you've earned your gold watch, you've earned your time off. Now go do some fishing and drink some wine, I reckon. So, I mean, as we say here at Jingles HR, a happy life is a fulfilled work life. And there's no better way to be fulfilled than achieving everything you set out to achieve in work, you know? Like me, and making sure I shit talk every player in the NBA. So there you go. I hope that helps you out there, Greg, and uh, best of luck in retirement, maybe, if that's the way you choose. All right. So there you go. That's all we've got time for this week on Jingles HR. Better get to back to the old rehab, eh? All right. It's been Jingles HR. I've been Joe Ingles. Go get a job up, yeah. <laughs>